0: One of the greatest obstacles to crafting health and wellness is identifying and controlling inflammation. It's at the core of all complex and chronic diseases. And it's the driving mechanism that underlies the most common symptoms that people like you struggle to overcome. Join us as we explore cutting-edge science and research to give you the information and tools you need to create the quality of life you want and deserve. And now, here is the host of Inflammation Nation, Dr. Stephen Nosworthy. There, we're back, and we're still building towards uh, talking about autonomous health, which is becoming relatively independent of the conventional medical system, which has its place in time, it has its value. But medical doctors can't be all things to all people. And when you consider that most of the health challenges that people face as they continue to age are in some way related to how their genes are responding to diet lifestyle changes as well as the environment that they live in. These are modifiable factors. And so at some point, if you're struggling to get well again or to feel better and have a better quality of life, you have to ask yourself if you're asking the right questions of the right people. And it's probably a good idea for you to start taking more personal responsibility. Now, I would assume that if you're listening to the podcast, you've already made that choice. Um, but maybe there's more to do, right? We talked about making the next right choice. And sometimes that's learning from podcasts like this one, or doing some kind of an online do-it-yourself program, or hiring someone to walk you through a process so that they can help you on your journey back to the person that you know that you should be and that you know that you can be. But we started out in the last episode talking about what I call the frustration matrix and why so many people like yourselves are, are so frustrated with conventional medicine and uh, part of that is what we call the paradigm mismatch and so the last time we talked about how uh, most of us when we have a problem with health and well-being we really want to figure out how to restore that how do we get it back whereas the conventional system trains their doctors to think more about finding diseases and managing that with drugs and surgery so that's one mismatch so you're looking for two different things But also in terms of practical application, like what is it you want to do about getting better? Ideally, most of us want to get better doing something that's natural, whether it is in the realm of diet or lifestyle modification or taking nutritional supplements or doing detoxification or some combination of all of those things. And so while you would prefer to have some natural options that are effective and efficient, um, your doctor, for the most part, always exceptions, your doctor is looking for which medication can I use to help this symptomatology or to try to manage the process that we have discovered. And so that's the first part of the frustration matrix is this thing called the, the paradigm mismatch. The second part of the frustration matrix has to do with the fact that you're, that most conventional conventionally trained medical doctors think in very black and white terms. Right? You either have a disease or you don't have a disease. And, and what they're ignoring is that there is, in between those two endpoints, if you can imagine like a continuum or a line, and on one end of the line is no disease, and let's assume with no disease, we have health and wellness. But on the other end, you have disease and a lot of suffering. But in between those two things, there's, there's like a big zone where things aren't working right and it's creating symptomatology, but things haven't changed so much that you would call it a disease. And that's what we call the zone of dysfunction. And so you kind of have three different general categories along this continuum. One is no disease with health and vibrance and vitality. The next is state of dysfunction where, where things are, are not working well, and, and that in itself is a continuum, right? You can have a mild state of dysfunction, mild symptom, symptomatology that does not disturb your quality of life all that much, even though it does, all the way up to you have a lot of dysfunction, a lot of symptomatology, symptomatology that is interfering with your quality of life to a very great extent. And then beyond that, you have disease states. But when medical doctors are trained to think about things like diagnostics and finding diseases, they have this whole idea. Like you either have a disease or you don't. And if you don't have a disease, I don't know what to do with you and everything should be fine. And so if you keep complaining to me about a disease that doesn't exist, I'm gonna pat you on the head and suggest that you're just stressed, maybe you're depressed. Here's an anti-anxiety, and antidepressant medication, or maybe you should just go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist and get some counseling to learn how to cope. Now, I know, with as many people listen to this podcast, I know that there's a lot of people that have heard those things, and it's very frustrating. And at some point, you start to believe it, and you start to buy into that whole idea. Well, maybe I am just stressed and Anxious and depressed and maybe it is all in my head. I and mean, I'm telling you for the most part. It's not Now that is not to say that stress and depression and your mindset and your mentality your thought process That's not to say that those things don't impact your health and well-being being because they do We have on other episodes talked about Psychoneuroimmunology how your mindset and your thought process affects your immune system particularly which then affects pretty much everything else and so yeah what you think and how you feel makes a big difference. But a lot of times, if you have things like depression and anxiety, it is a result of metabolic problems, states of dysfunction, that may or may not qualify for some kind of a diagnosis and therefore a label of a a disease state, even though they would call anxiety and depression a disease state, there is a diagnosis code for it, there's medications for it and so on. But my point is this, is that Just like in the paradigm mismatch you know that even though there's no definable diagnosis or disease process you know that something's not right and maybe you do have a diagnosis and maybe the medications and the conventional treatments that you have been pursuing and using are simply not working or maybe they're not working as well as they should maybe they're only controlling part of your state of dysfunction, but you know that there's more that you can do. You're just not getting the answers and certainly not getting the results that you're looking for. And, and listen, when when you have a lack of answers, you have more questions than you have answers, when you're not getting the results that you're hoping for, doing the things that people are telling you to do, I understand how that can cause you to lose hope. And And if, if that's one thing that I would like to do with the content that I put out in this podcast is to give you a sense of hope, to help you understand that there are things that you can change, things that are under your control, you just need to learn about them. And if those things are not sufficient or if you struggle in the application of things that you've learned, that's where people like me come in. And you can engage me as a one-on-one coach and we can work together and I can walk you through it. But I would encourage you to do as much as you can. Like, learn about diet, make some changes, go for the low-hanging fruit, make the obvious changes, and give it enough time to make a difference, right? There's no point following, for example, I used this last time, no point following a gluten-free diet for a week and then declaring, well, that didn't work because nothing got better. There's all, a whole bunch of reasons why that one choice may not have gotten better. Maybe you didn't do it long enough. Maybe you were, you thought you were gluten-free, but you really weren't because gluten's freaking everywhere. Maybe gluten's not the only thing you should have taken out of your diet. Maybe there's other things. Again, look for the obvious things. It would be things like gluten or wheat and gluten-containing grains. And then there's dairy and corn and soy, even eggs and things like peanuts. Those are what we call the big six in terms of food sensitivities. Now, reality, it can be anything. But back to this idea of the black and white thinking of the medical community is that it It leaves people who have no definable disease, who are in a state of dysfunction, and who are suffering a loss of quality of life, it leaves them in this gray zone where they don't know what to do. And somewhere in the mindset of the conventionally trained physician is, well, I guess if something changes, you'll be back and we'll be able to find something. And at that point, we will know what to do with you. Let me, let me tell you this story, and this is a story that will actually be relevant um, also with, with the next part of the frustration matrix, is that when, when I first started my career, a couple of years in, I, I moved to Florida, and I joined uh, another chiropractor that was already in practice. And at that point, he had been in practice for about 10 or 15 years. And he hired me to take over his caseload so that he could run more administrative stuff because he had this vision to hire a medical doctor and, and become an integrated clinic. And back then, when I first started, this was back in the late 90s, um, this, was, this was a relatively new thing where, where medical doctors and chiropractors and other clinicians were working together. And, and we did that pretty well. We grew to what I would say is, you know, maybe a mid-size integrative clinic and again, for back in the, the late 90s, mid late 90s and early 2000s, that was a, a relatively uncommon thing. And you find that a lot these days in different places. And we had many different medical doctors on staff over the years. And I was not just a practicing chiropractor. I was the clinical director of that team. We had this one doctor that was on staff and um, he, he was very smart. He was actually ER trained. That was most of his career, but he had gotten into integrative medicine, which I will draw a distinction between integrative medicine and functional medicine in the sense that integrative medicine um, is sometimes a lot about things like IV therapies and injections or hormone replacement, not necessarily as much about diet and lifestyle modification or or nutritional supplementation. and We would quite often co-manage patients you know they had medical needs that the medical team worked with them on and they had uh, musculoskeletal problems that I and my team worked on and so we would consult sometimes like in the middle of the hallway we just kind of grab each other and say hey here's this new test came in what do you think about this so we had open lines of communication i remember one day looking at some labs with him and he basically took his finger and he ran it down the middle of the page where where the lab had marked things either high or low and if he came across something that was out of the reference range he would go back to see you know slide his hand across to the left to see what test marker was out of range and then he would go okay I know what to prescribe for that and that's how they're trained they're trained to look at laboratory data as individual data points and if if the data points are enough outside the reference range then they might call it a disease and and like I said last time you know for every ill there's a pill and that's the mindset you either have a disease or you don't and a lot of that is based on not all of it but a lot of that is based on whether or not your labs are abnormal according to the reference range and and that brings me to the next part of the frustration matrix right the first part is the paradigm mismatch the second is that Medical doctors have very black and white thinking and they're ignoring this state of dysfunction that most of you are in where you're suffering, but there's no definable diagnosis or disease process. But then we come to the idea that normal is not normal anymore. <laughs> you know, we, we might like to think that normal is not just an absence of disease. Normal is I have that vitality and that vibrance that I associated with the best years of my youth right? Think back to whatever time in your life where you felt like you were invincible. That's what we want. We want that into our 50s and 60s and 70s and so on. But we start to lose it, sometimes slowly, sometimes very quickly. But what I mean, what do I mean by normal is not normal? Well, to explain that, we kind of have to go back to high school um, mathematics. I hate to do that to you, but you may have heard something called the bell curve. You probably remember in maybe physics or chemistry class, like if the, if the teacher didn't curve on the grade, or I'm sorry, grade on the curve, didn't use the bell curve, then nobody would pass the test, for example. So the bell curve, um, or what's called the normal distribution, is a statistical property where uh, you take a, a set of values and you find the midpoint called the mean, let's call it the average, and then you, you try to figure out how widely distributed those var- values are to the left of the average, to the right of the average. So some values in a group of data points will be less than the average and some will be more than the average. And you can construct what's called the bell curve or the normal distribution. And this is where things like standard deviation and variance come in. I don't want to bring you back and go through like math and statistics, but that's the math and statistics behind it. And so whenever a lab publishes their lab reports and they have what they call the normal range or the reference interval sometimes it's called. This is the set of values that the lab is saying this is normal. Now what does normal mean? Normal does not mean healthy in this sense. What normal means is pretty much average, right? And so what the labs do is is they set these reference ranges based on a statistical analysis of all the lab tests that they run in their database. They create these normal distributions, these statistical graphs, if you will, and they say, well, okay, these values represent normal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that whoever has values within that reference range are healthy and well. And this is one of the big mistakes that the medical community makes because in order to You have to have some boundaries between what you call normal and not normal. But when you don't think about what that really means and see if there's actually a true correlation between what the lab says is normal and what is truly healthy and optimal, if you ignore that question that there might be a mismatch between those two things, then you start taking the laboratory reference range, what they call the normal range, as being gospel truth. And so let's say that there's a a reference range for a given test, I'll just make one up like test X, and the normal range is, is five to 20. Values below five are a problem, values above 20 are a problem, and maybe if you're above 20 or below five, maybe that qualifies for a diagnosis. And so you get diagnosed and then you get put on medications for whatever problem test X is associated with. And again, that's very black and white. And like I said before, just because you don't have a disease doesn't mean you're healthy and well. And just because your labs are within the normal range doesn't mean they're normal in the sense of defining normal as, hey, it's normal to not have disease and to have vibrance and vitality. And so in the world of functional medicine, and listen, I I know this stuff inside and out because I've been teaching blood chemistry analysis for 17 years now. I know this stuff inside and out because it's my job to know it. It's my job to use it in my practice to help my clients. And it's my job to teach other doctors to see really what's going on with all these different reference ranges. But here's, here's what you need to know. I said earlier that labs publish their reference ranges based on the data that they have. That implies a couple of different things. Number one, if a different lab has a different set of data, Because maybe the genetics are different in one area of the country or the world than somewhere else, or maybe diet and lifestyle is different in one area of the country compared to someone else. It is possible that two different labs in different parts of the country can disagree as to what normal is for a certain set of different test markers, whether that's blood sugar or thyroid panels or lipid panels, it doesn't matter there is the potential for disagreement because each lab is responsible for defining its own set of normal values now the last time I checked we're all humans we all have the same physiology normal should be normal and shouldn't that be probably universal well I kinda think it should be maybe you can argue with me on that and that's okay too so number one is what's normal can vary depending on which lab you're talking about I might take my blood sample split it into two identical matching vials and send one to one lab and one to another and i might get a different interpretation as to what's in the reference range and therefore normal and what's out of the reference range and therefore abnormal and probably related to some disease process but here's let me go one layer deeper in this what does it mean to be normal where did these lab tests come from so you have to ask the question who gets their lab tests done is it healthy people no Because healthy people don't really care. Now we're starting to get into an era where healthy people are doing their blood work maybe on an annual basis because they want to stay ahead of things. They want to catch things early. They don't want to wait until they get sick or are suffering with some kind of dysfunction to run labs at that point. They want to spot things early. So there is a preventive, proactive approach now that's used more than any time in the history of medicine. Still, for the most part, the people who get Labs done are people who are already sick, who are already on medication. There was a report published in the medical literature a few years ago that said that about 90% of all thyroid lab tests are run specifically to change the dosing of people who are already diagnosed with thyroid disorders, hypothyroidism, usually Hashimoto's. The tests are being run predominantly to see if their dosing is okay. So they're already sick. And so think of it this way. When a lab says that your tests are normal, what they mean is your blood values are the same as the statistical average of sick people on medication. And if that doesn't make your eyes fly open, I don't know how to shock you because that's shocking to me. I I can remember sitting in a seminar before I started learning all this stuff myself. Being absolutely flabbergasted that there was no universal set of lab values that everyone agreed was normal and optimal and healthy. And that ultimately, when you boil it down, what the labs call normal, which your medical doctors use to determine if you have a disease or not, is a statistical average of sick people on medications. And some of them are on multiple medications. Some of them do not follow healthy diets. They don't have good lifestyles. They're not paying attention to how their bodies are interacting and reacting to their environment. So it's a big hot mess, isn't it? So how how do you sort all this out? Well, the first thing is you got to figure out how to break out of the matrix. How do you solve your frustration? Number one is realize you're probably asking your conventional doctors to answer questions they're not equipped to answer because they're simply not trained that way. They don't think that way. You're probably trying to fit a, a square peg into a round hole you're probably asking them to help you solve a problem that relates to states of dysfunction and not states of disease. Therefore, their radar is perfectly fine. Like there's nothing wrong with you, it's all in your head. And then number three, because we still have one more to go, which we'll save for the next episode, is that when you start looking at your labs, a lot of times you hear this, well, your labs are normal, so I don't know what to do for you. Well, what does, ask them, what does normal mean? Does normal mean healthy? does it mean full of vitality and vigor? Or does it mean just no disease and I just look like all your other sick patients? Because that's really what they're telling you. Now, maybe that's a little bit of a downer, but sometimes you have to see reality before you can start making better decisions and better choices. And so one of the ways that we've tried to solve this problem in the in the field of functional medicine is we, we agree with you that we want to restore health and wellness rather than just simply look for finding diseases to manage there are limits to that statement but we agree that that should be your first priority we also agree that you should be looking to get better naturally if and when you can and you should be able to you should know enough to make the right decisions on your own and if not there's people that can help you we also want to make sure that you understand that we understand that you can have states of dysfunction that detract from your quality of life that do not qualify for disease states. And that explains why you get told so often, you collectively, get told so often that your labs are normal. And you're thinking, well, what's wrong? Because I'm not well. And then finally, when it comes to laboratory analysis, we have a different set of reference ranges that are, let's say, less forgiving we do actually have a few studies where laboratory values were based off people with no known history of disease, not on medications. Now, whether or not they had good diet and lifestyle, that's a different question, but at least we have an inkling of what is truly optimal. And in most cases, it's a narrower narrower set of lab ranges compared to what you're going to see in the medical community. Now, that doesn't mean we throw the baby out with the bathwater because if your labs are, are Outside of the laboratory range, that's meaningful, and we can't just ignore that. But it doesn't mean that our analysis stops there. And so, When I go through laboratory analysis with my clients, my first look is, is there a disease that I need to know about? Maybe I need to refer them to somebody. But number two, once I'm settled on if there is or is not a disease that is or is not being managed by somebody else who does that kind of stuff, then I have to look at things from a function standpoint, from an optimization standpoint, because ultimately at the end of the day, my hope is to help you restore your wellness. And that will be our final part of the paradigm mismatch, is that to understand that disease is really wellness that you've lost. And the question becomes not how do we manage the disease, but how do we restore your wellness and your vitality? All right, we'll leave it there. As always, thanks for hanging out with me and listening to me jabber on about all these different topics. I hope you enjoy it. I certainly enjoyed putting this content out for you. And uh, hit me up on uh, social media. Instagram is where we're going to be focusing mostly in 2023. So you can find me as uh, at Dr. Noseworthy. It's at Dr. Noseworthy. And we'll see you next time on the Inflammation Nation. Take care.